Wandering Journo at Stories That Matter Studios. I'm Nance Haxton, and this is The Streets of Your Town. The podcast that takes you on an audio journey through theatre of the mind, highlighting a different slice of Australian life each episode. Today we head to one of the few crowded parts of the remote island of Tasmania, the Salamanca Markets, next to the sparkling Hobart waterfront. We have a wander with one of Tassie's favourite adopted daughters, former wicketkeeper of the Australian women's cricket team, Julia Price. We find out what took the Queenslander so far south she shivered through her first days in her new home and how she was invited to join the greats of the game as a life member of the Marlebone Cricket Club at Lords. But first, in the great Australian tradition, all good chats start with good coffee. So, Julia, thank you for joining us on Streets of Your Town. No worries at all. So, tell us a bit about here we are in Hobart, in the Salamanca Markets. This is one of your favourite places, I gather. I do love to hang out here. I don't get here too often, particularly in summer with a heavy cricket schedule generally. That's right. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, the weather's turned on for us today and it's a... Uh, and they always have great quality stuff here and it's a good atmosphere, so I love hanging out here. And what about the, this particular coffee shop? You're very picky with your, your coffee and mocha. I know. What is it about this particular one? I, I just love it, the fact that it's it's real chocolate they put in your, in your mocha. So I hang in for it. I walk the entire length of the place to get here, um, but it's well worth it in the end, as you're now tasting. It was quite a theatrical experience, actually, getting yeah. it. Yeah. He's a bit of a character. <laughs> you don't usually get off lightly. There's always some sort of grief you give you. But, uh, yeah, it's good so fun. what's the name of this place? I don't even know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose added in at some point. The, the mystery red tent exactly. coffee place in Salamanca. Yes. Just look for the guy yelling at you, come get my coffee. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, how long have you been in Hobart for? You live here? Yeah, I've been here five years now, so um, a bit of a bit of a change from Brisbane. Yes, grew up in Brizzy. Yes, absolutely. You couldn't so, get much different with the weather. No, but it's uh, it's been great, actually. I, I struggled initially because I moved down in July, so right in the uh, heart of the of the uh, winter. Um, well, that was a test for you. It was, and my heater didn't work, and I didn't even know how to work it, so I actually went and rented a hotel for two nights and lay in a bath, so <laughs> I had no power. So I, had, yeah, I just didn't know how to work out how to use the heater. And you had the wrong doona, you tell me, to begin with. I this did. is an important thing you learned about Hobart life. I didn't even know there were different types of doonas living in Queensland. You just had the one year round. Uh, yeah, and down here you've got different types. So, yeah, I've learned, I learned the hard way. And then I learned about thermals and flannel sheets and just all this stuff that just didn't exist in Queensland. So, yeah, baptism of fire. And playing cricket in a cold climate. I mean, this uh, is it quite different? Yeah. It's a different approach Very in some much ways? So. Yeah, yeah. Well, I played down here for three years before I moved down here uh, as the coach and then, 
um, yeah, so you'd, some days you'd be playing and be snowing on top of Mount Wellington, <laughs> you know, in December, and you're like, what, what is going on? This is crazy. But, but at the same time, that's the, the fun side of what I like about Hobart and Tasmania is you do get those different weather patterns, which you don't in Queensland. It's sort of hot or sort of hot. Yes. And down here... You Winter, actually, you wear a cardigan. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah, correct. But here it's great. You know, you've got a fireplace down here. You get to see snow. You get all the different... Um, Types of weather conditions. I love it. It's actually really quite exciting. Yeah. So you've come round to the to the cold. I have. Yeah. You've got to you've got to change your lifestyle a little bit. You know, I brought my surfboard down and I've I've used it once. So in five years. So that was. That would silly. be a test. I would have thought. I don't think the water would ever warm up here, would it? Or no, not? it doesn't. And I've and I always had a rule that I would never surf in a wetsuit. So so. Was, oh really? Yes. Yeah, so I was no chance of. Well, you know. no. <laughs> it's not really bikini country down here. Uh, absolutely. Not. But um, at the same time, they, they do love their water sports. Sailing down here is huge. Do a lot of kayaking down here, bushwalking, as we did a bit yesterday. Yeah, um, yes. Gordon out there. Oh, gorgeous. That Wild Rivers country. Yeah, it was mm, really nice. God's so, own yeah. country, yeah. So all that sort of stuff, you know, you just got to change your lifestyle a little bit, but at the same time, you can experience different things, but it's still great fun. It still can be outdoors. And and I think it sort of changes. People think Hobart's a conservative little place in some ways, but you were saying, like, this particular area becomes quite crazy around the time of year of the uh, Sydney to Hobart yacht race. Oh, it's massive, because it's a taste of Tassie there. Yeah. Sydney to Hobart yacht race, and Summer Mofo leads in after that. Um, you've got the regattas, all the regattas happening from January, February. Uh, it's fantastic. Mona's made a huge difference down here for Hobart as well. It's really changed the perspective of people, uh, how they look at Hobart and, and Tasmania. And obviously, we're, you know, Queenstown have got their Unconformity Festival on from look, this week. And, um, Dark mofos on during the middle of the year, and so David Walsh is doing a great job in really promoting Tasmania, and um, you know, and all the things like this. So then, Salamanca markets can you yeah. know, benefit from all the tourists that are coming in to, to go and see Mona as well. Well, there's quite a few people wandering around, but yeah, so New Year's Eve is actually quite party town down here. It sounds like oh, it, it might be something to match Sydney eventually. Eh? Oh, absolutely, it's great fun down here. It's, really? it's, yeah, it's really good. And the Taste of Tasmania, they put on bands, and you've got you know all the different. Um, you know, food places, all the cideries putting on their ciders, all the breweries putting their beers on. We've got some gins. You've got everything that's happening. Yes, the Tassie gins are going off. They, they are absolutely going off. So yeah, so it's it's a it's a real festival and a celebration of what Tasmania can offer. So it's um yeah, it's great fun around that time of year. Absolutely, come down. So Julie, we should really ask you and get us to t- to tell us a bit about your history in the great Australian team. If you don't mind me asking, <laughs> come on, tell us all about it. What was it like actually being able to wear the baggy green cap? As wickety, yeah. No, it was, it was fantastic. I, you know, I loved every moment of it. Um, yeah, I was very lucky to, to to get in the team when I did. I sort of started quite late after I sort of finished school, so I had a lot of catching up to do. But um, yeah, no, it was it was it was such a privilege to be able to play for Australia and travel as much as I did and meet the people that I've met. Um, and probably in the situation that I am am in now, it's sort of funny, like because obviously we were amateur and we didn't get paid back then. But because of that reason, you you had to work and you had to travel and you had to find you know employment places and therefore you got different experiences and experienced different people and got different skills up that you wouldn't if you if I was just a full-time player so I really enjoyed that sort of amateurish sort of time or moving into the semi-professional sort of time that that now it's sort of but at the same time it's great that the girls are now getting some acknowledgement and recognition of the work that they put in and And how you must have traveled all over did you when you were uh, with the Australian team yeah Yeah. with the Australian team yeah we did a lot with obviously a few World Cups one in India South Africa New Zealand the usual and the Ashes series we went to Ireland a few oh. times, which was always a highlight in every trip that we went on. Was and being a, in an Ashes, that must have been incredible. Oh, Ashes was yeah, fantastic. Particularly the first year, in 1998, we went to 
to England and we were the first team to play it at Lords in an Ashes sort of um, series. So. Oh, really? Like the first women's team? Yeah, it was fantastic. Oh, and you were part of that. I That's know. pretty cool. It was. It was great, but it was sort of funny because we did it orientation the day before and mm. they were telling us how to get down onto the ground from the change rooms upstairs and you have to walk through the long room and, and women aren't allowed in the long room. So the guy was saying, so when you come down to bat, can you just hurry through? And we're like, what? What are you talking about? We're playing. Like, this is crazy. So it's changed a lot in 20 years, you know, to have the finals, um, I think it was early this year, no, I can't remember, the women's final, you know, at Lords and England winning and a packed crowd. And it was fantastic to see that, you know, that change in 20 years that a lot of a lot of women have really fought hard to, to get is has been great. And, and I also got made a life member of um, MCC. Oh, really? Yeah, I thought it was a mistake when they, when they emailed oh, me. Oh, that's fantastic. I know, it was fantastic. Because of your, your history? Contributions to cricket, yeah. Good so on you. I know, it was, uh, it was really, I was, I actually did cry. Um, but yeah. it was... Did you go over to get it, or what happens with no, that? No, they just send, send it over, but I, I've got access to Lords anytime I want. Just go over there, and I know. So it's uh, it was it was really nice to receive that. I've never really been one for you know all the awards or all that sort of stuff. As a wicketkeeper, yeah, sort of stay in the background. Uh, so it was it was it was really nice that um yeah, that that was recognised. So oh, you were the trailblazer, Julia, in that first crew, I think. Uh, That's fair enough. Yeah, well, I don't know. It's but hard to say. You, you're, you're excited by the sound of it, though, by the like you say, the progress. So the Australian cricket uh, team. The women's players are getting paid now. They're getting far more recognition, you think? Absolutely, yeah. and they're playing mm. a lot of games. My first year, I played in 95-96. Um, we played three games for the year. So, you know, it was a lot yeah. of training to, for three games. <laughs> um, so now, it's, you know, it's great to see the, the Australian girls are on tour pretty much 12 months of the year, whether at home or away, and um, which, you know, can be tough at the same time on your body and mentally, but... But at the same time, that's what it is being a full-time athlete and a sports person. So, yeah, absolutely. Good to see the recognition for that. Oh, absolutely. And leading into the World T20 and the exposure now that the media's jumped on board and, you know, the media rights deals with everyone trying to follow it and put it on TV or radio, it's just it's fantastic. I mean, it must have been hard for you to balance being an elite athlete. Like, it's not like you can just rock up, you know, after a big night the night before. Um, <laughs> and, and having to, yeah, earn money in, in other things or, or just to balance all those aspects of your life. It must have been challenging. Yeah, it, it was challenging, actually. I, I actually used to work... Um, for a guy called Trevor Lachlan who played for Australia himself in, uh, and he owned a, a chain of sports codes so I was in a sports store and the day before I'd been hit in the face by a cricket ball <laughs> and had six stitches in my nose and my face was just blown up so I had two black eyes and oh. anyways, but I had to go into work because I needed the money to sell shoes but they sent me home because I was scaring all the customers away because <laughs> my face was just an absolute mess but <laughs> so yeah it was uh, it was challenging at times yeah. and I suppose ultimately cricket brought you to Hobart too yeah absolutely yeah. So I got the job down here as the coach of the Tasmanian Royal, which has been great fun, so I did that for five years. And now you're going to get into the commentating and stuff, it's yeah, great. Yeah, so Channel 7 yeah. put me on for the summer, so beautiful. We're really excited about Good to that. have someone from the Australian team who knows their stuff on the uh, commentary, can I say? <laughs> yeah. What are, you, what are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not being sly about it, but yeah, sometimes you just think, hmm, yeah, it would be good to have some people who can know a bit about it. That's great. Yeah, no, so I really enjoyed that, and it, it sort of keeps you in touch with the game, And but I really, and I obviously want to keep in touch with, um, with a bit of coaching as well at the same time, so yeah. really enjoyed that that five years and, and sort of bringing the team through to where mm. where they are now and yeah. So. And you were saying you really like that um, mental, the, the mental discipline almost, the yeah. side of it. Absolutely, yeah. and, and and also the the sort of the holistic sort of view. The motivational. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. The, yeah, and the holistic side of the whole thing is making you know, sure that girls are getting a good balance in their in their mm. life. You know, even though they're nearly professional at the domestic level now, they really need to make sure that they've got other things ready to go because anything can happen at any stage. And I think it's also good for that balance in their life to to be able to, like imagine if you had to work 24 hours a day, you know, you need that outside sort of cricket sort of life and um, definitely 
working on So that's on a big that. part of, yeah, you try and teach that as well. Absolutely. As well as what's on the field. Absolutely, yeah. And obviously training is, as as you would try and play. That's the, the hard thing is trying to push yourself constantly to be failing, which no one ever wants to do. But the more you fail, the more you learn. So... Well, thank you for bringing me to Mystery Red Tent and the Salamanca Markets. This has been absolutely lovely. And uh, and for introducing me to a bit of Hobart that I didn't realise. It's quite buzzy down here. It is. It's I'm great. Surprised. It's, always, it's always great fun down here on Saturday until 3 o'clock and then all the bars kick in. Oh, nice. <laughs> well, we'll be doing the Mona thing. Yep. So, yes, there's so many people, as you say, coming to Tassie do now. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much for coming on the streets of your town. No worries. That was cricketing legend Julia Price speaking to us from the Salamanca Markets in Hobart, Tasmania. Streets of Your Town is produced by Nance Haxton, a.k.a. The Wandering Journo, with production assistance from Michael Adams. That's it for this episode. I'm Nance Haxton. Stay up to date with the latest episode of Streets of Your Town by subscribing on your podcast app on iTunes or SoundCloud. See you next time.